Hello, and welcome to Music Buddy. I'm Jane Gowan, your host. So you may have heard of the heavy metal rockumentary called Anvil, the story of Anvil. It's the emotional, endearing, and inspiring tale of a band that enjoyed massive fame and influence in the 1980s, then slipped into obscurity for decades, all the while fighting hard to reclaim their dream of being full-time touring musicians. Whether or not you're a fan of heavy metal, this film will draw you in. Its honest depiction of the struggle to do what you love is universal. It's the story of passion, friendship, integrity, and commitment. It's about being human and the desire to live life on your own terms. Thirteen years after its initial release, the film is making a triumphant return to the big screen. Remastered and containing new footage, it will be re-released starting September 27th to theaters everywhere. I was lucky enough to talk to the two founders of the band, guitarist and vocalist Steve Lips Cudlow and drummer Rob Reiner, and we were joined by the film's director, Sasha Gervaisi. We did the interview online, which I've done with several guests. But here's the thing. Online interviews have their benefits, but also their disadvantages. Sometimes the forces of the internet conspire against you, and that's what happened in this interview. Somehow, Lips's channel didn't work. Although we could see him and hear him, the audio flunked out. I feel terrible about that. I'm not sure what happened. But my theory is that the internet just couldn't handle Lips's intense rock and roll energy as he spoke with great passion and conviction about music, the band, and life in general. Please don't fire me or slam down your phone or throw tomatoes at your monitor. I'm going to try my best to get Lips and Rob back for another interview. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, here's my conversation with Rob and Sasha. Enjoy. It's all feeling. It's all love. It's all connections. That human stuff. So tell me where you're coming from. Where you're coming from. Sasha Gervaisi, dialing in from L.A., and Rob Reiner, a.k.a. The Hungo Hammer, dialing in from somewhere in Toronto, I believe. Welcome. How do you know The, how do you know the Hungo Hammer? Like, she's done her research, eh? <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Congrats on the film, you guys. I've, I've watched it twice now, loved it both times, and everyone I've talked to who's seen it loves it. And it's just amazing that you're re-releasing it. So what are, what are your motivations for the re-release? I know there's extra footage and things like that. but yeah. Well, you know what? Sasha's going to tell you that. Okay, Sasha. The reason it's being re-released is basically tracks back to my godson, Rio, um, Rio Hansen is 17 years old. Um, his mother, Rebecca Yeldon, produced the film. And when um, he, we made the film, Rio was, you know, four, five, mm-hmm. six. You know, he was really young. And so last summer he said, I'd really be interested in seeing that movie you made with mom, whatever it was, you know, all these years ago. And so I said, sure. So I brought him up to the house and I said, I'll show you the movie. And he said, can I bring some, you know, high school buddies? So. Mm-hmm. 
I said, sure. So he brought all his friends up and cut a long story short, the, the, these kids, these 17 year old kids went completely, com- completely nuts for the film in a way that I don't think anyone had really anticipated. Cause it was about, you know, cause it's about such real things about perseverance. It's about what it means to be an artist. You know, it's, it's about the struggle to succeed as an artist and the ups and downs of what an artistic life is and how it impacts Definitely. their families. You know, it, it, it felt like the subject matter was quite mature and adult in a way. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, for some reason, these, these young, these teenagers started really vibing with the movie and one screening turned into two, turned into four, turned into eight. These word of mouth screenings, we ended up having 10 and along the way, uh, the, totally organic. Um, we, we had two distributors heard about what was happening and we ended up getting two offers from distributors who were understanding what was happening with these kids. Hmm. And we're like, look, we think there's a new audience for this film. People who've never heard of it, to them it's new. And so we think we want to bring it out into theatre. So we got very fortunate that a company called Utopia, who's also on the rise, um, a young distribution company, their audience is principally kind of teenagers, early, early 20s. They decided to release the film, and we're in 215 theaters on September the 27th. I think it's actually up to 220 now. Um, That's amazing, it's, yeah. It's five times the size of the original release 13 years later. So, And it's all this young audience. And we were all in New York last week, and Peter Dinklage hosted this screening for us at the Angelica, and it was completely sold out, and we got a standing ovation. And I asked the mm-hmm. audience during the Q&A how many people had never seen the movie before you know, last Tuesday night. And I would yeah. say between half and two thirds of the hands went in the air. And yeah. the people who bought ticket were kids, but, but the kids are buying tickets to see this film. So I think we're Incredible. all a little bit like, we don't quite, I don't really understand what's happening, but it seems like post COVID post kids mm-hmm. being kind of locked up at home, be doing their high school on zoom and not being able to socialize. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids have become you know understandably really depressed and you know I I saw these kids in New York and Robin Lips can speak to that too but they were coming up to us saying this is a hopeful inspiring story and we desperately need stories like this right now so it's resonating in a way that we we didn't really know uh or couldn't have anticipated if that makes sense so that's why it's happening it's really long short of it is my godson but also this young new audience for Anvil amazing yeah, and then when Sasha told us that this was all coming about, Lips and me looked at each other and go, can you, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, you, know, th- you know, this this kind of stuff doesn't happen. You know, like, That's right. Uh, you know, this is like, a, like, so we didn't see it coming from nowhere. It was just like out of left field. It's like, wow, the movie's well, coming back. So it was, it was, it was a cool bit of news. That definitely. Well, the I mean, the original release of the film was also a bit of a surprise to you, wasn't it? Because you and uh, Sasha was an original one of your original fans in the UK, and then you you guys managed to meet up again, and uh, he got hold of each other, and then this film happened, which is kind of a miracle in itself, from what I can tell. Yeah, that's 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 a reasonable interpretation. <laughs> 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 well, uh, let's call it a fortuitous experience. Uh, yeah, well, again, Sasha can speak to that. You know, uh, the whole story on you know he he we were yeah we were connected for years, and then we all went our separate ways. All those years, Lips and myself were always wondering whatever happened to that fucking teabag guy. You know what I mean? We used to call we used to, it was his name. It was his name, teabag, right? Teabag. Hey, there's a song named after you on the new album. Yeah, I believe there is. Yeah, and, and Gomez. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I, went, yeah. yes. I waited 19 albums to get two songs on one album. Yeah. Those are both instrumentals, right? Why did you only get an instrumental? <laughs> well, because as, as Lips described it to me last year, it's an instrumental because that applies to me. <laughs> Um, Very so, good. Yeah, the tea bag name just came back in the day simply because he's he was an Eng- he's English, and uh, gotta know, have a lot of tea. Yeah, yeah. And as, as English guys, you know, you know, they're tea bags. You know, we call an English person a tea bag. You know what's really interesting, Jane, and this is the truth of it. As has been pointed out, the reason this is happening is because of Anvil's music. You're mm-hmm. right. I was a fan, right? So I was drawn into the music, and I was obsessed with Rob's drumming. I am obsessed with Rob's drumming. He's still rocking it. And he, actually, actually I, I piss him off now. It's to the point that I yeah, piss him off. He just annoys me now. It's just annoying Because me. he's so good? You mean? Because he's so good, and I'll never be able to do it, so it's just upsetting. <laughs> But the but the, th- but the thing about it is there would be no mo- movie if it wasn't for Anvil's music. And that's what the source of all of it was. I, I'm a massive fan and I love the band. And so then they responded to me and they were like, well, we love your, f- you know, we love our fans. And then they kind of invited yeah. me out on the road. But it's all started with the music. The movie kind of came after the fact, but the music is the source of why there is a movie in the first place. So yeah. it's a lovely thing to see these kids kind of discovering about the band through the movie and then getting into the music and buying a record. The new one is impact is imminent. Uh It's great to see the kind of interaction between the story and the music and the music and the story, which is now going on now for like 15 years and it continues. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really, it's really gratifying to watch Anvil, you know, being part of Anvil getting even new fans, you know, and these kids, man, they, they are the future. You know, the, the 17, 18-year-old kids who are in New York are like, okay, so I have to tell the band something. Yeah. After that screening last week in New York, um, there were eight kids, right, in their 20s. Three of those eight kids were so Im- moved by the story that they wanted to see what's happening in L.A. on Thursday. So three of those kids who were at NYU bought Spirit and Airlines tickets for like 80 bucks. They're <laughs> flying to L.A., just to see you play after the film. That's this. That's third. fantastic. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. It's very cool. And they're eight, they're 19, 20 year old kids. That's anyway. commitment. And, but you know, there's something about that theme of feeling trapped and wanting to break free. And maybe kids relate to this. I know I probably did when I was a teenager. And you say it so well in that song, Lockdown, which is a great pandemic song, by the way. It just really tells it like it is and kind of drives the message home. Oh, thank you very much. We've heard that from many people. It's a a killer deep track. It it deserves to be on on the radio, but, you know, maybe maybe, maybe eventually. That's a whole other conversation, radio. We've heard it from a lot, a lot of people. uh, They dig the tune, they dig its message. The whole yeah. essence of it. So, yeah, we know it's a great, you know, it was a good one day. It's a great yeah. deep track. Right now, it's a great deep track.
I think the reason why the movie resonated the first time around, frankly, the reason why it's being re-released 13 years later, which is pretty unusual for a documentary to be re-released into theaters. I don't know how many times it's happened, but the point being that there's got to be something in there that people are feeling. And I think it's about anyone who has a dream and anyone who struggles to fulfill that dream, uh, by the way, which is everyone. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> not like, oh, I have a dream. Oh, yeah, it just came true. You know, it, it's like you've got to work, man. And there's going to be super, you know, multiple ups and downs and unexpected things happening, good and bad. <sighs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it is a movie about survival and also passion, integrity, humanity. Yeah. Life. That's about being human you know exactly it's also about what does it's also like to to the world the world is so you know caught up with celebrity and fame and money Mm -hmm. you know but you know that that's like point not not one percent of bands and or artists achieve those levels of whatever and i just think it's like what does success mean well maybe as lips Mm -hmm. has been saying you know success is about pursuing the thing that you love being able to do it recording 19 albums being on tour you know, maybe success is being able to live the dream rather than achieve the dream. You know, but what, yeah. you know, and I think there's a difference between those two things. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I agree with Sasha on that. You know, I feel that living the dream is making a living from what you love. Absolutely. And that's mm-hmm. what we are doing. You know, Lips and me feel that, and we've been living it for like 15 years. We make mm-hmm. a living. The anvil is our shitty day job. Amazing. <laughs> okay, and it's a fucking awesome day job. Imagine Anvil, you've seen the movie, the Anvil playing in like 1984. Imagine they had blown up mm-hmm. and become massively successful and their third or fourth album, you know. With most of those bands who had that kind of 80s success, they had one massive album, maybe two. And then the whole thing fell apart. You know, it's quite possible they could have quote unquote made it in the general sense, but it's also quite possible that they could have stopped playing music. Like a lot of those bands I actually know. Very few and far between, like ACDC or whatever, you know, carry on for 40 years. Most of those bands have a huge amount of success. They argue over money. One of them dies in a bizarre gardening accident or something. You know, something <laughs> happens because the success just, you know, blows the band apart. And then, you know, they, they don't play again or they form a super group and whatever that means and they tour around clubs. You know, what I'm saying is it's like, in terms of life in general, maybe it's better that a band is able to continue to be out there doing what they love and, and being passionate about it for 30 years. It is. The music business is, like the film business, it's its own, it, it has a certain kind of a nature. It's not personal. Like, it's just the right. fact that it's so impersonal. It's just, this is what happens. Like, in reality in life, when you're dealing with any kind of corporate entity, when it regards any kind of art, that corporate entity does not really care inherently. It's not even personal. It's just about money and artists about art. And often those two things just don't work because the priorities are completely different. Like Anvil might want to record an album and keep going and a corporate entity wants them to, you know, do a three minute hit song that they could, you know, whatever. It's like they're at cross purposes. So it's a real gift if you can find a way to navigate through a career where you do what you really want to do for like mm. 40 years, to me, that's like a much deeper and greater victory than having a hit album. And then, you know, two years later, no one even, oh, what happened to them? Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I agree with Gomez. He's yeah, right. Yeah. 
all this, all, all this, all this is all the right points of view. I love, I love hearing good points of view. <laughs> well, being an artist, musician, whatever, indie or not, is definitely an endurance test. Hey, I know, man. I've been an artist my whole life. I know. Yeah, and you guys are unusual, I think, in the fact that you you were able to look at the uh, music business from arm's length, not all, not fully out of choice, but then you realized you had a good sense, such a good sense of self and of each other and, and what you wanted to do that you were able to not be manipulated by that. Yeah. I think the other thing about the movie that makes it so great is who the two of you are and your personalities. I mean, you're these hard rocking guys, but you're also, from what I can tell, lovely human beings, and your relationship is really special. And I think that's what you know makes yeah, the film yeah. compelling. Yeah, she's figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> can I also you know, add? To, can I add to it's that, the Jane? balance of dark and light. Can I often? Can I add to that, Jane? They're often lovely and quite stoned human beings. I just like to throw that. <laughs> <in there. laughs> well, I don't think that's going to shock any of our listeners, Sasha. Burning the burning. This is the best medicine, man. There's nothing better. <laughs> well, you know, I've heard lips talk about the benefits of CBD, and I've I've been appreciating those lately. So, uh, yeah. Cheers to that. Yeah, it's good medicine, man. Huh. Well, speaking of the benefits of cannabis, your album titles always have three words, and the first and third word always begin with the same letter. So maybe your next album could be called Better Than Booze. <laughs> That's a great question, Dan. Thank you. It's free. It's yours. You can have it. <laughs> great. Until, until the lawsuit. Until James, like, better than booze, I gave that to them. <laughs> oh, no lawsuit. Don't worry. As long as you record a new version of Oh Jane on there. That song from Hard and Heavy, 1981. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So you've got this 13th anniversary release of the remastered documentary of Anvil, the story of Anvil. And after that, you're headed out for an epic tour in Europe. And I'm um, not sure if Sash is going to be going with you. I'll meet them in London because the movie is being re-released in England, I think at the end of October. Now, it was going to be the 14th, but it's looking like the 21st, FYI. Yeah, we have a, we have a big UK tour. This run is 17 shows. It could have been more, but we, yeah. have, we just... There's just no way to. We're gonna go back. We just go back. You know, there's just a lot of lot, lot, lot of people want to see the band. That's, that's what's amazing. Been, yeah, that's what's been going on for years. Uh, all these years now is people still see the movie in its original time, not with this re-release. Yeah. And then they they discover the band and they want to see the band. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, great. Yeah. Well, try to go back if you can go back in June. That'd be good because that's when I'll be there uh, doing some stuff. So. Okay. I'll come and see you then. Yeah, well, um, we're going to be in Germany in August recording our, our next our news, our next album. Is that, oh, your new, is that your new record, Better Than Booze? You know what you're calling yeah, yeah, it. Better than, yeah, Better Than Booze is going down in August, Timmy. Okay, good. Better Amazing. Than booze. Okay, good. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, yeah, we have that plan to do that. We have, the whole new album is written. We, you know, we spent this, the COVID time. Oh, so you're all ready to start tracking. That's great. Yeah. No, here's what it should be called. It should be called Hunker Hash. Hunker <laughs> Hash is what it should be That's still three called. words. 
hunk of yeah. hash. Hunk of hash. See, uh, yeah, the only thing is, you know, it's all good, but you know, we had an album called Legal Last a few albums ago, and we were yeah. Yeah, we were doing the bong thing. And, well, speaking of that yeah. album, Legal at Last yeah. from 2020, you addressed a lot of things on that album that are, you know, current events, current thoughts on uh, surveillance and the yeah, environment yeah. and uh, the oil industry. Yeah, absolutely. Songs like Chemtrails, Gasoline, Plastic in Paradise, Talking to the Wall. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we just environmental stuff. Par- the Paradise song was about, you know, you look in the, in, in the oceans and in lakes and, and you just see yeah. pl- garbage and plastic everywhere. It, yeah. That's, that, that's where we were trying to think, focus in on it. Well, I think it's great. There's some really good messages in there. Well, I'm really glad you guys have found success with this, you know, new phase of your careers. And, uh, you know, I know we all have our own interpretations of success and, and what it means. But um, I figure if you you can do something every day that sustains you and makes you happy, then you're doing something right. Even just getting up and being able to play your instrument, even if you don't have any gigs, just being able to play is, uh, that's pretty great just on its own. Yeah, well, that's just general. So that's like when you wake up in the morning, I'm alive. That's right. I'm alive means you're success, success. I would agree with that for sure. I've got to jump now, Jane. Is that all right? Oh, no problem, Sasha. It's been great talking to you. Good luck with the film down the road and all the various releases. Um, any concluding statements on the film before you go? My concluding statement is, here we are, still going strong, yet another Anvil title. Um, my concluding statement is, I can't believe that, and Lips and Rob are going to see this when they come to LA, there are gigantic billboards on, on Sunset that Utopia has put up, which yeah. are, like, huge. And everyone's seeing them, and people are going, like, what the hell is going on with Anvil? And I'm like, talk to Utopia. They're crazy. Amazing. They're treating it like a movie that's never come out before, which is like extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to this Thursday uh, with all, hopefully a whole bunch of new fans. Mm-hmm. I think we have a few people coming already. Um, and then, um, they're going off on tour and then we're going to do it again in England and re-release the movie as well at the end of the Anvil tour in October. And then we're, uh, Australia is going to happen. Oh, fun. So it's, you know, I'm sure we'll be back around the world once more again. And uh, it's pretty exciting. Well, congrats. It's well deserved. I mean, it's a documentary that has just so much conviction and passion and humanity. It's just so well done and super inspiring. So I think it's going to speak to a lot of people. Well, I think it's done with love, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, it's done with love. It's done with let's put something out into the world that hopefully lifts people up and inspires people, particularly mm-hmm. artists of all stripe, musical, you know, fine arts, you know, choirs, long-distance runners and cyclists. All those people responded to the movie, just really unexpected Amazing. people. I mean, I think you want to you feel like you're contributing something to the world rather than just, like, you know, making money or something. This, this mm-hmm. has been a labor of love as much as Anvil the band has been. 
That's lovely. Anyway. That's great, Sasha. You guys, well, you guys can get into a little rock pocket of chatter. I've got to go and prepare for this little talk. I've got to get okay. ready for this reading. But I think that Jane and Lips rock pocket could be really good. I'd love to listen back to that. Rock pocket it is. We'll get into that pocket. Rock pocket. I love you guys. Shalom. Thank you, Jane, for your good support. Luck. Best of luck anytime. Bye, Sasha. Bye, Rob. Bye, Jane. Okay, that was a lot of fun. So don't forget to go check out the film. It'll be playing in theaters starting September 27th. And keep an eye out for the second part of my interview with Anvil, hopefully coming soon. Follow us on social media and we'll keep you posted. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, comment, and rate wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're so inclined, we are listener-supported and would love to accept your donation of any amount. MusicBuddy.ca forward slash donate is the place to go for that. Music Buddy is brought to you by Morning Run Productions. We put the pedal to the metal every day. Okay, let's go out with a little bit of Anvil from their 1982 album, Metal on Metal. Here's a taste of the classic title track, Metal on Metal. Metal. 